Okay, I'm glad you're here. We're um, we're right in the in the last moments of the year, and uh, so we got to figure out what we're doing. And uh, everybody knows that Rosh Hashanah is about making Hashem king. So, so this is something that's um, deeply, deeply, deeply perplexing because Hashem is already king. So if Hashem is already king, then, then what does it mean for me to make him king? Who am I to make God king? God is already king. Um, you know, put it in, a, in another way, which is that, you know, I, I, I always like to call things like this bad math, which is, you know, the concept that people think that God exists to the extent that I believe in him. And, and the truth is, is that God exists whether you believe in him or not. You know, so th- this is God is king whether you make him king or not. So what does it mean to make God king if he's already king? So these, th- this, is, this, is, this is a big problem, and it's a very relevant problem for us since what we're all about to do is spend the next two very intense days making Hashem king. So we've got to really have a, a, a solution to this on some level, right? Or at least some kind of guiding principle. Now I was just thinking that 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 and and I'm right now I'm being um, I'm drawing on the Bnei Yisachar, uh one of the great Hasidic masters. He was a student of the Chos uh, of Lublin and is really just one of the you know primary sources of for Hasidus um, and um, and explaining the Zohar and things like that. So so so. So let's take a few steps back, and I'm putting all this in my own words, but eventually we'll get to the B'nai Yisachar. Um, there's a very interesting, let's be fancy and call it a dialectic, right? Or let's say um, just something surprising, a surprising interrelationship when we talk about the word malchus, okay? Malchus means kingship. So on the one hand, if I'm thinking about Malchus, then I'm thinking, okay, there's God who's running all of existence. And it's, everything is God, and it's God's world, and, 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 and God runs everything. Right? That's, that's my primary consciousness. Okay. That's all good, and that works. But then you have something very, very curious. Right, which is in, 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 in counter-distinction to that, which is if you look at the, the order of the spherot, right? Now, remember, the spherot are basically the different energies that Hashem used to create the wor- world with, okay? And he kind of formed them into the material world, right? Sort of shaped the outer garment of his light into the physical world, and that light contained all these different energies that we call the spherot, and he put them together and he made this world. Okay? So they're different primary energies of this world. And each of the spherot corresponds to one of these primary energies. Now, if you look at a chart which arranges them and shows you the order of them, you'll see that it's sort of like um, it's kind of like a tower. And it all kind of goes all the way down to, to what we would call our dimension, right? The physical material universe. And that one on the bottom, that all the 
different spherot, all the different energies feed into, is called machus. So machus in this version represents us. Machus represents the physical universe. And so now we've got a very curious juxtaposition. On the one hand, we, we're talking about Malchus, we're talking about making Hashem king, and when we think of that, well, Malchus, we're thinking about the glory of the king, right? On the other hand, though, Kabbalistically speaking, when we look at the order of the energies of the word, world, Malchus is all the way on the bottom and stands for basically us. So, so how do we make sense of this? Now we begin to see how this is getting a little bit more complicated or a little more intriguing. Now, we have a famous rule, and I know the Vilna Gon speaks about this quite a bit, which is the idea of the distinction between a dictator and a king. Now, a dictator is someone who is the ruler whether you like it or not. So you, maybe you don't want him to be the ruler, but that's your problem because he's a dictator. And for better or for worse, well, for worse, we have many examples of that. We don't have to really stretch our minds to understand that dynamic in today's world. There are many, many dictators. Okay. A king, on the other hand, in Torah thought, a king is, is one who rules by, by, by the, the, the people themselves want the king to be king. So, so now let's revisit this dynamic that we talked about. That in a weird way then, the king is, in this dynamic, is so to speak really made king when the people themselves agree that he should be king, want him to be king. So now let's revisit this sort of Kabbalistic sort of riddle that we just sort of like opened up which is that how can Malchus, which means kingship, be on the bottom and stand for us because we need to make Hashem king. So on some level, is God God whether we make him king or not? Absolutely. Is he king anyway? Yes. But there is this dynamic where there is something valuable. There's something valuable and worthwhile for us consciously to put our, our das, our knowledge, into making Hashem and acknowledging that Hashem is king. And so the bottom and the top come together at that point, And it all becomes one. Right? Because the essential prayer, really, of Rosh Hashanah is Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, the oneness of God. When we acknowledge that Hashem is king, when we take that aspect of ourselves which can deny Hashem, even though it's not true, even though Hashem remains Hashem regardless of what we think, but nonetheless we have this peculiar ability to decide that we think that it's not true. Okay, that doesn't mean that because we decide that it's not true, that then it makes it not true. But on some level for us, it does make it not true at least within our limited consciousness, where we have the ability to have free choice and to deny. So we use that, that like bit of power that we actually have. Right? Because it says, everything, everything is in the hands of, of heaven, except the awareness of God. 
we have the ability to decide on this level called the awareness of God. And on Rosh Hashanah, we take this ability, the awareness of God, and we say, I am directing my awareness to you, God. I am acknowledging your existence. And then that becomes a yichud. That becomes this unification of heaven and earth. So this is actually big stuff. This is actually big stuff. I'll tell you something. There's something very, very um, uh, interesting where um, you take the Ten Commandments and you um, correlate the first five and the second five. Okay? And there are ways of doing that where you go one and six, two and seven, right? Because you've got two sets of five, one and six, right? You're jumping from tablet to tablet, two and seven, right? Then there's another system where you go one and ten, two and nine, right? There are two different systems of how to do it, okay? So in one of the systems, it works out that don't bear false witness correlates with, or I'm sorry, this is not with the Ten Commandments. This is with um, the Ten Utterances of Creation. Okay? And aligning the ten, utterance of, ten Utterances of Creation with the Ten Commandments. Because there are lots of tens, and there are all sorts of amazing juxtapositions that you can do with all the tens. Remember, we have Ten Utterances of Creation. We have Ten Spherot. We have Ten Commandments. We have Ten Plagues. And there's all sorts of amazing correlations that you can make that can give you the deepest insights into reality, okay? So in this particular, in this particular um, system, we're talking about the ten utterances of creation, like, for instance, let there be light, right? These are at the beginning of, of Rashi's, of Genesis, right? With the Ten Commandments. And in this system, what correlates, what correlates is, listen to this, amazing. Thou shalt not bear false witness, right, which is one of the Ten Commandments, and God created man. Meaning to say, man has the ability to bear false witness. Meaning to say, man has the ability, God created man with the the ability to deny his creator. This is, this is an awesome thing. This is an awesome thing. And so now again, let's revisit this amazing dynamic that Malchus, which means kingship, you think the king on his throne, right? Not that God has any physicality or any body. This is just language for us to wrap our minds around. So on the one hand, Malchus represents you know, the highest power of God, kingship. On the other hand, in terms of the model of the energies of the universe, Malchus is on the bottom. It stands for us. Why? Because we are that final link in the unification and the completion of the awareness of the oneness of God and of the existence of God and of the kingship of God. So so let me me try and... uh, Let me try and and put it another way. You see, it says that, remember, when we're talking about Rosh Hashanah, we're talking about God, God's creation of the world. 
And we know that God, even before the world was created, God looked into the Torah and created the world. And the Talmud tells us that the Torah existed 974 generations before the world was created. So what does that mean? So it, it's always important to explain that because that's a way out thought. It doesn't mean that there was a Torah scroll floating up in the sky before the world was created because there was no time or space, right? So that's, that's, that's not what it means. So what does it mean? It means that before God created his world, God had a plan for his world. God had a desire and an intention for his world. That desire, that intention, that plan for the world that he was about to create, that was the Torah before the world was created. And then, even deeper, God then took his desire, his plan, his form, right? That's the outer garments of his light and compressed them together and then formed out of that desire for the world, the world itself. That means that the whole structure of the universe is made out of the laws of the Torah, the desire that God had for the world. So with that in mind, you can understand teachings like this, which are sort of mind-bending teachings, that we don't have tefillin because we have an arm. We have an arm for the mitzvah of tefillin. Right? Because basically the whole fabric of the universe was created out of the mitzvahs of the Torah. And so now we're here, we're living within the Torah itself. That's why we can say, why Rabbi Wolfson can say, and why all the Rebbe's say, that whatever's going on in the Torah, that week's Parsha is what's going on in the world. And as Rabbi Wolfson says it so poetically, that God takes the letters of the Torah portion of the week and weaves them together into the fabric of the world. Right? That's, that's where you're at, that we're living within the Torah itself. That's when we say, when we look at each other and we say, every Jew is a letter in the Torah. Yeah, every Jew is a letter in the Torah. You're, we're interacting. It's all Torah. It's all Torah. See, this is one of the fundamental things that, that really, it's one of the breakthroughs in consciousness that, that the world has to make, and certainly the Jewish people have to make, is that the Torah is not a book. Anyone who thinks that the Torah is a book, it's pages between two covers, does not understand what Judaism is saying. Right? It's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. It's also a book. It's also a book. But that's the most condensed form. Or as I like to say, that's the infinite compressed into the finite. Right? That's the, that's the most finite version of what we're talking about. But it's certainly not the only aspect of it. That's, that's the tip of the iceberg, literally. Okay. So, now let's get to the point. The point is that since the Torah itself is a blueprint for creation, right? That's what our sages tell us. The Torah is a blueprint of reality. The first letter of the Torah is your introduction to this physical realm, to this life, to the mysteries of life the very first letter. And in fact, you can see in the very first letter is a microcosm for the entire Torah that's going to follow. So what is that base of Breshi? Right? Because the first letter of the Torah is the letter Bez. And Bez, everybody knows, um, you know, Breshit obviously means with beginnings, but it begins, the word is Breshis, and it's 
with the letter Bez. So Bez in is the second letter of the Aleph base of the of the Torah alphabet. So it's the number two because it's the second letter. So so in other words, this physical realm begins with this illusion of duality. With the illusion of duality, meaning that there's a separation between us and God. That's an illusion. That's an illusion. Remember, the Rebbe's teach that in the spiritual heavens and the highest aspect of the spiritual worlds is a, is a realm we call Atsilus. That God is as present in this dimension that we live in as he is in, a, in Atsilus. He's no less present here. It's just he's more concealed. But that's not a contradiction. Right? If I'm wearing a mask, say, am I any less here? I'm, I'm, this is me. But I'm concealed. You may not know it's me, but I'm 100% here. So God is 100% in this realm of reality as much as he is in the highest physical planes, in the highest spiritual planes. He's just more concealed. So this is the Bays of Reshit. This is our this is God's introduction to us, God's explanation to us about the nature of this world that there's this illusion of separation. So again, we're still talking about Rosh Hashanah. We're still talking about Malchus, kingship. We're still talking about what it means to make Hashem king. So what we are doing on Rosh Hashanah, when God is recreating the world, and remember, this is essentially important. Everyone's got to have this very clear in their minds, that Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of the creation of human beings. Right? It's the sixth day of creation. Right? We're going to read in the Machser, in the prayer book, over and over again, today is the birthday of the world. We're going to say it over and over again. Today is the birthday of the world. Right? And that's going to make everybody think, oh, it must be the day that the world was created, the first day of creation. It's the sixth day of creation. Everyone agrees on that. Why? Because human beings, which were the purpose of the creation of the world, were created on the sixth day. So, in other words, if you think of... Um, if you think of... Uh, like, uh, I, humanly speaking, in terms of the, the, the birthing process when a, when a baby is born, right? You, you don't celebrate their birthday the day the baby was conceived, right? You, you, you celebrate the baby when the human being appears, right? So, so that's, the, that's the birthday of the world is when the human being appears, okay? So now... Again, let's get back to this idea. So on Rosh Hashanah, it's not just, it's not just, see, what I'm going to say is going to sound subtle, but it's very, very, very important. On Rosh Hashanah, which is the birthday of the world, it's not just I'm acknowledging that God created the world. I'm, I'm acknowledging that God created me, that God made me. See, remember, the Beis Yaakov, the second Ishbitzer Rebbe, I heard from Reb Shlomo, says, shared all the time, one of the deepest, 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 deepest ideas, that deep, deep down, every single person thinks they created themselves. 
Now we know rationally that's not the case. Every single person will tell you, oh, I have a mother and a father. I didn't make myself, right? But deep, 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 deep down, every single person thinks they created themselves. See, there's this illusion of autonomy. This illusion of autonomy. That it's just me, I'm alone in the world, and that all these things that I'm thinking of a God, really these are my thoughts. These are my thoughts. I'm creating God with my thoughts. Nothing could be less true. Nothing could be less true. And on Rosh Hashanah, we're saying this whole idea of duality, right? That there's me and there's you, God. Right? That's the primary duality. It's me and you, God. And notice how the me comes first. Right? There's me and you, God. And it's like, no, 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 no. What is this idea? So me, which is Malchus, right? On the, on the Kabbalistic side, right? When we look at the energies, the arrangement of the Sphirot, Malchus is on the bottom, so Malchus stands for us, right? So I am saying, no, God, I'm making you king by acknowledging that you're king. <laughs> or let's put it more practically speaking, God, I'm giving up my kingship. Right? Because this realm is called Machus, which means that on some level all of us are kings. So I'm giving up my kingship, which is the illusion of kingship, in order to recognize that you, God, are the real king. That it's only you. And I'm getting rid of this, this illusion of the letter Bays, of this separation between me and you. And now this is really the unification of heaven and earth. Right? Okay, I don't, I, I don't know that I can say more than that. <laughs> that's, 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 um, so, Hashem should really bless us. That really, see, you know, I, 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 I kind of joke about it in different ways, but I think one of the ways I've put it, I don't know, I phrased it different ways over the over the years, you know. But imagine you're like uh, at an Italian restaurant, right? And you're ordering sushi, and they bring you a plate of spaghetti, <laughs> and, you're, and you're eating the spaghetti, and you're saying, "This is this is like the worst tuna roll I ever had in my life," you know? Like, what's wrong with these people? You know, you would think that they, like, you know, that's like such a basic order. you think they know how to do it. This tastes nothing like a tuna roll. You know what, this tastes like spaghetti. They're, they must be out of their minds. So what's the, what, what's the, what's the point? The point is, is that a person has to know where they are. The, the, the person in that example didn't understand that they were in an Italian restaurant. If you don't know where you are, then all of the decisions that you're going to make in life are going to be based on a false premise. And then we get into really scary, scary, scary territory where we begin to live our lives in vain. 
You know what it means to be inscribed in the Book of Life? That means I'm actually living. I actually know where I am. I'm actually, I'm actually doing. I'm actually participating in actual life. So this is, this is the greatest gift that God is giving us. That he's giving us this massive factory recall. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's like he's bringing everyone back and just saying, you know something? Let's, we need to, like, let's reset all the calibrations. Let's just make sure. Massive check-in. Let's make sure that we're all actually living in the world that we're actually living in. The real world. Let's make sure that we're doing that. Because if we're not, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to think east is west and north is south. And we're going to convince ourselves that we're going in the right direction and that everyone else is crazy. So, so a lot of people ask the question, or, or they just want to know anyway. We know that Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of this amazing, this amazing 10-day process, right? It says it's written on Rosh Hashanah, and it's sealed on Yom Kippur. And it's called, in Hebrew we say, the Aseris Yemei Tshuva, the 10 days of return. And we know that, that in the morning we're saying slichos, we're, we're, we're beating our chests and saying, I did this wrong, I did that wrong, we did this wrong, we did that wrong, it's all in the plural. And then certainly there's a lot of that on Yom Kippur and it climaxes on Yom Kippur. But we're not doing any of that on Rosh Hashanah. This whole running around, do you forgive me for this, do you forgive me for that, that's not on Rosh Hashanah. And you'll see there's no beating of the chest on Rosh Hashanah. So then the question is, well then, I so strongly identify that with the 10 days of, of return. So why am I not doing any of that on Rosh Hashanah? That's, that's Yom Adin. That's, like, that's the day that it's written. That's the day that the judgment is handed down. I would think that that would be the capital of doing that. I do that the most on that day. Right? So why? Because God says, listen, you can't even begin to do tshuva unless you know who you're returning to. <laughs> Forget about all the I'm sorry's. Right? Like, have you ever been in a, in a relationship with someone and um, they're apologizing to you because they really hurt you, but you, it's so clear to you that they have no idea what they did that they're apologizing for? Have you ever experienced that? It's a deeply frustrating thing to experience because you know that that person is going to do it again and again because they have no insight into what they did. Because they don't understand what the nature of the relationship is. So they're telling you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they're going to do it again because they don't really know what they did wrong because they don't really understand who you are and how they impacted you. So God says, you know something? Let's hold off all the I'm sorry's. Let's hold off on all the al hates and all the chest beating. Let's hold off on all that. First, please, 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 I'm begging you, God is saying. Can you just kind of try to understand who I am? Can you just try to just get an inkling of who you're in a relationship with? 
And then, once you understand that, then you can begin to try to rectify the relationship. But first, understand who I am. So again, this is the idea of making Hashem king. It's not just, okay, God is king, I'm done. <laughs> wow, you know what it is to make God king? You've got to really imagine that every single thing is a manifestation of godliness around you. Every day is a new world and a new opportunity. You know, I had trouble reconciling two things, and all of a sudden it hit me like something, and it just kind of blew me away a little bit which was like we talk about wrongdoing chetoyim I don't want to say um, I don't want to use the word sin sin is a, not a Hebrew word chet means to miss so I heard um, Rabbi David Aaron explain it this way that he said that in modern Hebrew like, like when you're playing soccer and you, you miss the goal, they yell out, chait, right? Meaning to say, you missed the goal, right? So he said, basically, all of wrongdoing is basically, you're doing, you're overshooting the goal. You're either doing or undershooting the goal. You're either doing too little or too much, right? Like, we got to love each other, but the amount that we love each other also can de- be determined by are we married or not, <laughs> right? So it's sort of like, maybe you're doing too little, maybe you're doing too much. Then, you know, in other words, or acts of kindness or whatever it is. Like, this guy's a heroin addict. Do you really want to give him money that he's about to spend on heroin? That's too much kindness in, in that instance, right? So, so you have to understand, like, what is, what is the measure? What is the measure? You don't want to do too much. You don't want to do too little. So how do I know what's the right amount to do? The answer is the halacha. Halacha means the way, right? Like imagine all of your Eastern associations with what that means, the way, the flow, right? That's what halacha is. Halacha is putting you in harmony with what the right amount is in the situation, right? And sometimes it's hard to do because we're so habitualized to doing too much or too little. So we have to realize, oh, that's the balance. That's the balance. Okay? So, so the idea is that when it comes to, you know, reconciling ourselves with God, that's, that's what we need to do. We have to rediscover what that, the balance of that relationship is, you know? And that means that, that it means learning a little bit more and, and, and sometimes surrendering a little bit more or, or being a little bit more active. Um, and, 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 and really for all of us, it's just really a question of fine-tuning. Because we're, if we're even listening to this talk, if we're even here, if we're even interested in any of this stuff, that means that we're coming from an enormously good place. We, we want so much to do the right thing. We, that, we already have that going for us. We want so much to do the right thing. And God knows that. And it's just a question of little bits of fine-tuning. That's all it is. That's all it is. Right? Doing a little bit more here, a little bit less there. And that's all that it is. So, um, really, Hashem should bless us with the best, 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 best year. And, um, 
And really he should give us strength and he should give us depth and he should give us the ability really to make him king and uh, just that we should see really the complete unification, the complete stripping away of all the illusions of this world and the next and we should see only the oneness of God with Mashiach and the Beis HaMikdash and really that Hashem himself should derive maximum, maximum nachas ruach, maximum, maximum pleasure from his creation. Yeah. Okay, so now let's go deeper. Because, you see, in the assignment of the spheron, as we were saying, there, it's sort of a, a little enigmatic, a, kind of like a, a bit of a riddle, that, that malchus, which means kingship, is is down below. But but now we understand how sort of the bowl is in our hands in order to to surrender the uh, the illusion of any separation of the of the base of Breshid and to realize that that it's really all Hashem. And now let's revisit the sort of like the, the model of the energies of the universe, the sort of the 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 spherode and 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 and, and look again because the highest, highest top of the spheron is something that does refer to Hashem's kingship, but it doesn't use the language of Malchus. Very interestingly, it uses the language of Keter. Keter means crown. So the crown is a sign of kingship, but this is already a more exalted level of kingship even. And just like a crown sits on top of a person's head, the crown itself means that it's elevated and it's lifted way above, beyond, 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 beyond. And now you can see something interesting because the Balaturim brings that the word crown, keter, is gematria 620, and that there's 620 letters in the Aseris Adibros, in the Ten Commandments. And so you see now that this realm of creation, this Keter, which really is really referring to the, the real kingship of Havashem, beyond just the Malchus that's placed in our hands, so to speak, in order to, to use to make Hashem king, but the real glory of Hashem, the real kingship of Hashem, which exists in this, 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 this sphere called Keter, is way, way, way beyond. And so interestingly, that 620 for crown, for Keter, correlates with the Torah, with the Ten Commandments. We know that the whole Torah is contained within the Ten Commandments. And what were we saying before? That God looked into the Torah before he created the world. So the Torah exists, as you can see, it's correlating with with with, with Keter. And, and here you see that Hashem's one with his own will. This is the oneness of God in Torah, which is beyond and which we exist within. So, um, this brings us just to the, an awareness that there are levels of infinity. And you see, um, even in math, there is an infinite number of uh, numbers between, say, just the numbers one and two, between just the numbers two and three. And on and on, there's an infinite amount of numbers. One point one 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 point two 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 two. It never ends. The the amount of numbers 
and you have also irrational numbers which which go on and on and on and on and um, so you have you have an infinite number between one and two now when you consider just the sequence of numbers themselves one two three four five that also is a level of infinity so here you see that there are levels of infinity that you can have an infinite number between one and two and an infinite number counting one two three four five up until infinity now we get to this idea of Keter which is a realm beyond infinity right this is this is beyond infinity even so Hashem and His great majesty. So Hashem should bless us to give it just a taste, a taste to know who He is. Like the Ishpitzer Rebbe says, the first word that Hashem pronounced, and some, some of the sages argue or, or suggest that, that when Hashem spoke at Mount Sinai, that He only said the word Anochi. So the Ishpitzer says that's if you rearrange Anochi, it's Ke, which is a prefix in Hebrew, which means like, Ke Ani like like me in other words here was the greatest pyrotechnic show in the history of civilization right people's souls threw out of their flew out of their bodies you know the 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 the, the mountain broke out in flowers and fire and darkness and all simultaneously we could hear colors and see words a chauffeur blast right the chauffeur blast of rosh hashanah when a human blows the chauffeur, it gets louder and then softer. You run out of breath. But the chauffeur blast at Mount Sinai was louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. And all this was just anochi, just ke'ani, just like me, just a, a taste of who Hashem is. So when we meditate on all these things and yet simultaneously realize that Hashem is right here, right now, and that there is no separation between us and Him, we begin to make the beginning of the strides of our work on Rosh Hashanah.